right. We are uh, here ready. with another episode of Middle Aged <laughs> Mediocre. This is going to be a wild one Woo. because someone Who? showed up with Who? a bottle of rum. Who? I'm not going to name names. <laughs> well, there's me and you. One of us was already here. Yeah. I mean, I got. I haven't even cracked open any of this yeah, whiskey you, yet. Yeah, you're like talking to me. I have a little tiny bottle. All right, man. And you have like a Calm Walmart. Down. Of Calm down. Bottle. Oh, I'm an angry drunk. Give me your keys. <laughs> give me your keys. I walked here. <laughs> get, get, give me your keys. Um, This is episode 27, I think. Yeah, it is. Episode 27. Uh, We're back. It's uh, it's your boys. It's like a been a week where it's almost like a regular thing again. Yeah, we're getting back on a little bit of a schedule. Uh, I, I'm Cash. I'm Joel. That's Joel. <laughs> he pointed at me well, like I, I knew. I, I was waiting <laughs> to see if you knew your, if you remembered your name. <laughs> Let me know when to... <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna have to get a drink. You yeah, get a drink. Me. All right, I'll talk. This is episode 27, and like, uh, I don't know, shit's still going on in the world. I don't know what this episode, this week's about, but like, uh, in the news, there's been a lot of like the, a lot of dudes getting canceled right now. I'm liking that. Creepy guys. We were kind of talking about that before we started recording. Right now. Yeah. Like the only uh, little bit of happiness I have is I'm thinking about all the fucking creepy dudes right now, paranoid. Like waiting for their na- waiting anything. for their name to be dropped, like all the shit they did. They're just trying to remember. Yeah, they're trying to go back through every day of their life. Think about it. Like I went out of my way not to have sex with girls. You're welcome, ladies. Twenty eight year old virgin, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm canceled. I uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's <clears throat> it's fucking crazy. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not the least bit surprised. Yeah, by uh, some of the names that are. Well, just the, I've, so like, I've, I've, I've never been, I was starting to think about how to say this earlier on Twitter, but, uh, like, I'm, I'm like this with any kind of social group or just group of people, like, whatever, like, I'm, I never ingratiate myself yeah into, like, a group, so I was never, I would never consider myself that I was probably, like, one of the boys. Yeah. Like, kind of on the outside watching. I was just never that, you know. I yeah. get it. Other, like there was be there'd be a few dudes I went out with after shows, to bars and stuff. But like yeah. they were like people that I was like friends with, just any other regular day. Like, yeah. So it doesn't surprise me at all. You're talking about the wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. Because there's been wrestlers in oh, yeah, in, re- in wrestling. In wrestling, <laughs> I wasn't. It's crazy. They, I wasn't they're like they're really to... the two that are really getting yeah. called out right now are wrestling yeah. and comedy. Which I mean, it's not, I'm not shocked because they... you gotta be fucked up to do either. Well, not only that, but. Like, I'm fucked up in certain ways. Yeah. I mean, you're yeah. not obviously fucked up yeah, in like that have, way. Have, have I'm not fucked something. up in that. I'm fucked up in different ways. You have to have something going on. And it's just technology. Just, I think, like, it makes everything easier. It makes it to be a piece of shit easier. Right. Yeah, just. But I'm glad. Like, I think people should get called out for when they're. It's fucking crazy right now. So, yeah, Dalia gets, Chris Dalia yeah. just. Grooming young, and then from there, young women, <laughs> he like made that release that, that thing. Is that what he said? Yeah, he's like, uh, I didn't realize. I I don't know the word, but he called them like young women. It's like they're called girls. Yeah, well, I saw the like one. I called myself an old boy. I was like, hey, if anyone's into <laughs> oh, that, is that why you? Yeah, I'm an old boy. I I'm a 40 year old like yeah. young child. That's so. what I was thinking. I was like, the lady. I was like, that better be the name of your uh, stand up special. Old boy. Old boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stand up. I saw that? like there's even like somebody out there that said. Some of the girls were like as young as fourteen. Yeah, yeah, like that's a girl. And that's... he has bits about that, like, dude, like I, I don't know, I died deep. Like he's thirty something. Yeah, 
Yeah. He's probably, I think he just had his first kid, 39, 40 maybe. But he has bits where, like, girls don't, you know, girls grow from, like, 6 to 25. Like, there's, they don't, there's no 13 to 14. And just Yeah, like, he does bits about, like, how, I mean, I guess he's played a pedophile twice. twice. On Workaholics and on yeah. a show called You. Uh, oh, oh. I've seen the Workaholics then, so three times. Oh, is there because three? Because then he was, uh, he played a pedophile in an Eminem video, I think. Oh, he was in the in an Eminem video because he had that little viral thing where he was imitating yeah. Eminem. But then I thought he. Let me I look. While we're talking. He's definitely a creepy. He has the look. Oh no, Theo Vaughn. Okay. Theo Vaughn played a, like a stalker, maybe. Yeah. Not a pedophile, but like a stalker. Eminem's got some good videos. Why am I bringing up? But yeah, I think he's thirty nine. Just have a kid. But there's other uh, uh, Jeff Ross. I was yeah, just I reading about that, that. He was 35 with, like, a 15-year-old girlfriend. And it's just like, fuck, man. Like, you just have to know better. Okay, like, yeah, there's just, wasn't. but I guess I, I don't. I, I, Not only that, but, it's, like. It's hard for me to fathom, but, I mean, I'm glad it's hard for me to fathom. Right. Because, like, I can't look at. It's just. It's yeah, now people are posting shit. Like, uh, I've seen some stuff with uh, Brian Callen. Uh, oh, really? I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, like, he... Somebody posted that he, um... Like, he knew that they were, there was a girl that... Uh, she was doing stand-up. Yeah. I think she, it, this seemed like it had taken place a while ago. But she just got out of a divorce, and he knew that she was struggling for money. Uh-huh. So he, like, uh... Offered to give her money if she'd, like, give him a blowjob or something like that. Uh, just just that, like... Probably trying to take advantage yeah. of something... I like try to do it like a funny little cute text. Something I don't. <laughs> hey, no, yeah, I, don't. I I can't imagine. Like so, Talon won't get called out with texts. Like the dude just doesn't seem like the kind of guy that like, knows yeah. how to even work his way around a fucking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like Shab's getting blasted, uh, not for anything like with underage girls, um, but for just like he's married, I think, with a couple kids. Yeah. And he's just constantly messaging girls. Like there was a bunch of girls posting uh, the fucking DMs. With him, see, I, that's just him in there. How how are you that dumb? I mean, you know, that's if you compare the like him cheating on his wife, suck, fucking sucks. Yeah, but that's you know, that's yeah, pales in comparison. That's to adult the, shit. The shit Delia, yeah, is doing. yeah, the so, yeah, is being accused of doing. Uh, accused. I don't, I don't think he can sue us. <laughs> He's Asian. He He's gonna come get half no, your no, wrestling no figures. <laughs> He's gonna come in and be like, "Oh, there's wrestling figures." Not, many, not enough people listen to this for us to get <laughs> in trouble. Uh, oh yeah, and what the fuck would he sue us for? Yeah, your wrestling figures. Yeah. He's coming. I mean, he can have them. He's on his way. He's gonna be like, "Oh, I always look around when you start talking about my stuff. I always look around like, what all do I have?" You forget a bunch of bottles. Just so much shit. Bottles and toys records and, and records. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else is happening, man? Fuck. I mean, like, there's got to be something good going on, right? It's, uh, no. <laughs> I don't think there is. I mean, what the fuck? I I'm trying I, to think. It's Friday. It's been a long-ass fucking week. I don't know when this will post, but... Yeah, yeah, boy, yeah. you have a job, I have a job. Like, it's just... It has been... Ugh. The past two days have actually went by very fast. Yeah. Uh, which I'm going to have to work tomorrow Oof. for a little while just to... Like, shit went... It was like those times where you're like, I wish I would have had, I wish it would have been slowed down a little bit, and I could have got more done. <laughs> yeah, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah, I honestly, it was Friday. TGIF. I honestly can't think of anything good happening right no. now. I mean, it's uh, Juneteenth, but right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's which 
Uh, that's a whole They're making it holidays in some places. It probably should be. I mean, good. Um, at the same time, though, and I've seen a lot of uh, I've seen a lot of people post this that have way more rights to speak about it. Yeah, but yeah, and like you're you're at the core of what Juneteenth Juneteenth is. You're celebrating the fact that a that in Texas slaves found out that they've been slaves for two and a half years longer than everyone else. Yeah. Like, that's... Because that's Juneteenth. Like, they finally... The news finally got to Texas. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. So, for two and a half years... They were oblivious. Lincoln had already did, you know, abolish slavery. And but for just... two and a half years, the slaves in Texas remained slaves. Oh, my gosh. I honestly... I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, that's... that's that's and then like so that marked so that two and a half years later marked the official end of slavery. Like how did that even come well, out? They say that so there's like a couple things where uh, one um, narrative that runs through a lot of through a lot of this is that uh, the person like the Union soldier or the Union representative whatever responsible for delivering this news yeah. died along the way, and then it just never never. But then what? It. I think what's more accurate is that Texas militias and Confederate soldiers and shit were able to, like, it was too dangerous to go into it. Yeah, like, nobody the, wanted to go to Texas. There would just be more fighting. Like, there was more fighting yeah. to, for them to try, to try to deliver the news is what. And, like, they said that, like... Fucking Texas, man. Texas is basically, like, the slave owners there wanted, like, they were just waiting for, like to get the max profits. So if they could keep the news from getting there, they could still get, like, the harvest of cotton. Yeah, all the labor. Like, all the labor. Fuck, yeah, that's, that is... Uh, it's not for me to say. I mean, I'm... I'm not, like, how, like... I was thinking about this, too, like... So the news gets there, and it starts spreading through Texas, and you find out... I mean, they can't just quit. Where do they like, go? What? Like, imagine the awful shit that happened where that... slave, like... People do shit to things all the time because if I can't have it, no one can. Yeah. Like, imagine the shit a lot of those slave owners probably did. And then just imagine how you take that, like, what do you do? Like, you're a slave. The you find that there, out. They eat there. They work like, what do you do? Like, yeah, it's not like you have a like, house. Like, oh, fuck, yeah, I can finally go back to my house. Yeah, I'll go, or I'll slaves, go to the north. Even before all of this, like, when it was a, when it was abolished and all that, like, you still have, no, you still have nowhere to go. Yeah. That's fucked, man. It's all fucked. Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fuck, man. Yeah, like I kind of, I, 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 I can't say I hate like all the like the Me Too stuff coming out, but I just like, it just sucks that like it seemed like we were on a really good like steamroll of like right. the Black Lives Matter. Like this shit needs to come out too, but it's just there's yeah, just I think so it's... much bad shit right now. And oh yeah, there's still Corona in the fucking <laughs> right. cases By of the that. Way, we're still in a pandemic. Yeah, and the cases of that are skyrocketing because yeah. of the protest and because of you know just everything. Just the lack, like the the world burns around being us. Relaxed. Everybody going back to what they were doing. Yeah, I mean people around here hardly. I wear a mask at work. Give Anytime a shit. I'm in front of a patient, I've, I've, this last two weeks I've been, I went to wearing a mask. I didn't at first. But, I mean, honestly, I feel more comfortable with it because, like, I, with what I do as not, or, uh, you know, as a job, I have to be pretty close to people. Yeah, you're, so, like, right, yeah. Yeah, so, like, as, like, before, yeah, before with the, without wearing a mask, I'd always, like, try to stay, like, 
you know, an arm's length away from people. But now, like, with the mask, I just feel more comfortable, like, doing my job. And But none of the patients. I would say 25% of the patients, if if that, have masks, have masks. on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, <sighs> even with this stuff coming out, like, it's just, there's just a general revolution yeah. going on in the world. Like, just treat people fair. Everybody's just fed up with the bullshit. Yeah. Of the way they have to fucking just deal with, and not everyone, I mean fucking women. Yeah. And the like not- more, like, people of color, like, immigrants, like, yeah. they're all just like, how much of this shit do we have to take? Yeah. So and it sucks because like it seems like white man is like kind of it doesn't suck but like as a white man it's like but that's not me yeah but, but I but <clears throat> but I mean if I get if, a lot if, of it if is. it's not you like I if I see, I see this stuff constantly being you know about how shitty fucking white men are yeah never have I ever been like ah oh, but that that hurts me yeah <laughs> I just yeah they fucking are yeah. they're fucking awful like like are we the change then. Like, you know what I mean? Like that. Like hopefully that's what's happening. Is like just like generation, gen- like you by generations. Like maybe there will be some May, change. There's got to be. It just through you better need, education. You need to squire a son, <laughs> comma son. Yeah, uh, ladies. And then I just, I think like with everything happening right now, like all of the like just, there's a little bit of an uprising. Yeah. Big uprising. Big uprising. I, I'm Long waiting, time coming. I'm waiting for leaders. Yeah. That's. Where, Killer Mike. Because where is this going to go? Like, this has to go. It can't just stop. Yeah. And it has to keep going, but where does it go? Like, we need leaders, or what's going to happen is we be get we get more milita- militarization of yeah. police forces. We don't we need get, Trump or Biden. We get private police forces. Like, uh, we get, like, fucking... That's not what we want. Yeah. So, you got to have leaders that can get into the positions of power to change shit. And right now, sadly, there's two... There's two political parties, and they both can fucking blow me. Yeah. Like, Democrats are completely worthless. Yep. And Republicans are, are even worse. just... They, <laughs> just they, as bad. They make the fucking trouble. Yeah. And then Democrats just stand by, and we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get to it. It's two-party, but it's the same... Well, we're yeah. going to kind of talk about two-part. Like, we're going to kind of get... Oh, yeah, we're recording shit. an episode? Yeah, this is an episode, man. Man, uh, all right. I was going to go kill myself because of all the bad shit we just talked about. Well, don't. <laughs> just stick around and wait to see what happens in the future. <laughs> all right. Because, you know, we could be in for some uh, revolutionary nah, shit. I, would, I shouldn't joke about that. I would. Uh, yeah, last episode we did a story uh, about an uprising in Athens, Tennessee. Yep. Um, that... Ref- that Mirror War Two vets. It was very much like what's happening. Uh-huh. Like it had a lot of the similarities, uh, and we're going to do another story kind of like that about uh, just a fucking a gathering, like a movement, like uh, an organized movement. And I kind of want to say this up front because I kind of started thinking about this today. Uh, the last two stories we've done, or the last story we did, and then this one. Mostly involve the the Athens, Tennessee. There were definitely people of color involved, but it mostly revolved around white people. Yeah. And this story is going to be a story of uh, uprising or a you know organized effort to change shit, mm-hmm. and it's centered around all white people. Okay. So uh, I just kind of feel like I want to say like we're not purposely like 
Look at the good things white people have done. Yeah. Like, that's not what this is. These are just... These happen to be the two stories I found recently. Sure. So, uh, yeah. This I think people know where we stand. I hope. Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, if you ever want to know, ask. Yeah. Uh, I don't engage or too much. Or fuck around and find out. I don't engage much with people on Facebook. Yeah, um, I don't either. That, like, I don't, like, go to other people's posts and, like, reply to shit. Like, you can't take political. If you ever want to, If you ever want to fucking talk to me about it, though. I'm more than willing. Yeah. Uh, I like to talk about that stuff. And if I'm ever out and see some shit, I would definitely. I wouldn't let shit just go. That's the shit. That's the thing, me. man. Like watching, like I say shit to people in fucking gas station lines, like convenience store lines, all the fucking time when they're being dicks. <laughs> yeah. Like, I say shit to people for small things, like they, like we're just sort of rude, and I'll be like, "Hey, <laughs> dude, what the fuck?" Like I'll call people out on shit. I cannot imagine standing by and watching some of the shit that hat goes yeah. down. And just being like, I'm going to film it. Yeah. Like, I, I do like the people are filming it, because get these people on. Yeah, that's how you find out, but, but yeah. there's not somebody else like, so, yeah, that so can be I, doing something. When I see all these videos, I'm like, well, just step in there. Yeah. I don't Even if you just got to get between them. Yeah. Just get in the fucking way. You don't have to, like, beat somebody up. Yeah. Just get in the fucking way. Just say something. Like, try to... Just don't be silent. I don't know, man. Anyways. Yeah, fuck, man, jeez. All right, our story is... <laughs> Our story starts in early March of 1860. Uh, future president of the United States, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Spoiler alert. Okay. Uh, was giving what a happened s- to him? <laughs> well. <laughs> Only wanna, good things, I hope. I don't want to spoil everything. Okay. Uh, he was giving a speech during a campaign stop in Hartford, Connecticut, opposing the spread of slavery and advocating for the rights of workers to strike. Five young men. My man. Uh, store clerks at the time. Who had, re- who had started a Republican group called the Wide Awakes, joined a parade for Lincoln and escorted him back to his hotel by torchlight after his speech. Uh, just to clarify, there were paramilitary organizations named the Wide Awakes about five years previous to the one we're going to be talking about. Uh-huh. Uh, that original group were one of the many different gangs that the Know Nothing Party used to prevent immigrants from voting. We might talk about the Know Nothing Party on here at some point because it's fucking just... That was the name of it. The, the no nothing, nothing Party. Like uh, K-N-O-W? So they, yeah. Okay. So they were a uh, far-right political party and movement in the United States, states which operated uh, in the mid-1850s. It was primarily an anti-Catholic, anti-immigration, and xenophobic moment, uh, movement, originally starting as a secret society. The Know Nothing movement also briefly emerged as a major political party in the form of the American Party, and adherents to the movement were to simply reply... I know nothing when asked about a specifics by outsiders uh, providing the group with its common name. So it's just so fucking awful and crazy that, like, these same ideas and these same values and beliefs yeah. still fucking exist. This is 1865. 18, this was, no, the, the, that Know Nothing Party was yeah. in the 1850s. The story God. was 1860. And 18- it's just. Uh, also of note, at this point in time, the two major political parties were basically reversed. Uh, Democrats then had many of the same values as today's Republicans, and Republicans then were more similar to the you Democrats You said Republicans, now. like, accompanied uh, Lincoln. I was and walking I heard home. You, I heard you kind of like... Yeah, like I was trying to hold that. Yeah, so... <laughs> I mean, they're both trash, but it's I just fucking, like... I love when fucking racists try to say that uh, well, the Republicans ended slavery. Because it's true, yeah. But like, 
it was a different party. <laughs> like it was a party with entirely different values. Sort of. Abraham Lincoln had like it, uh, Abraham Lincoln. A lot of that shit was for. Uh, He's a vampire hunter. For land, for state right. You know, <laughs> it's a messy story. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln's not exactly a, a uh, angel, uh, and it wasn't like he was uh, selfish or like abolishing slavery because he was passionate about freeing the slaves. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> um, anyways, history is messy as shit. Yeah, it is. Uh, so yeah, by eighteen sixty, Americans were desperate for heroes. And a longing for the Revolutionary War spirit was pervasive in the North and South. Uh, the Revolutionary War ended in 1783 in a given way to petty politicians, farmers, storekeepers, etc. Uh, so basically, like, during the Revolutionary War, there was just so many people that were... I mean, the whole, the whole thing was, it was revolutionary. Yeah. It was fight for what you fucking believe in, fight to be your own person, fight for your freedom. <laughs> and then after that, for years, there was kind of just... Like, Did you get your hair cut? There was nothing to fight for. Is that what yeah. they were fighting for back then? <laughs> back then, yeah. <laughs> there was just something to fight for after a while. Like, yeah. You know. So there were a lot of people that were itching for that kind of, that spirit. Sure. And that, you know, whatever. People uh, want something to rebel against, I think. Yeah, always. Always. Yeah. Um, the reality during the 1820s. Luckily, there's a lot, too. There's so much. <laughs> Luckily. Well, like That's what you said, like, when you were like, you know, you, this kind of, like, the uh, Me Too thing coming back around. Like, during the Black Lives Matter. Like, there's enough. There's plenty for everyone. Yeah. Like, there's so many fights to be fought. Yeah. So, uh, during the 1820s and 1860s, the politicians of the decades had mostly uh, just compromised in order to avoid losing potential supporters. Most citizens, however, believed that their politicians were in the preservation business, taking care of only themselves and not the creation business, like the leaders of the Revolutionary War era, whose interests were thought of as being for the public good. Despite the efforts of the preservationist politicians, uh, America was changing fast by 1860. Americans everywhere were ravenous for news, which led to the explosion of newspapers. Most Americans wanted to be the first to know the latest, and newspapers happily obliged. Aiding the supply of news to satisfy, satisfy demand was the telegraph system network, which spanned 50,000 miles. Yeah, boy. Also very fast, news boats <laughs> sailed across the Atlantic in just two weeks. Whoa! Uh, that is insane. Two weeks Imagine to get if that news. was how things were now. Yeah. In two weeks, the amount of shit Trump does. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you would just... We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Uh, oh, my God. Democratic newspapers in the North and South turned the election of 1860 into a referendum on slavery. And they did so in a very nasty manner, trying to scare whites with the prospect of equality for all. Oh, trying no. Trying to scare them with Scare that. them. Imagine a world where everyone's <laughs> equal. <laughs> You're not better than anybody? Like, we're just the same <laughs> as all of them, as everybody else. Why privilege isn't real. Sorry. All lives are matter. Oh, well, until God. you're talking about people of other... All white lives matter. <laughs> my life matters. We keep hearing to add white to it. We just keep forgetting. Uh, Democratic newspapers labeled Republicans as the party of the... I won't say that. Hippies? Sure. Uh-huh. No, not hippies. Uh, oh. Uh, modern technology, especially the telegraph, made it possible for God. the shrillest ideologues to spread their vitriol. Which basically Fox News, yeah, um, Twitter, 
even back when newspapers were a new thing, there were immediately people that were just like, here's some bullshit. <laughs> Uh, in the face of the attacks, Republican moderates, including Lincoln, talked about tariffs, job mark, or jobs, markets, anything but slavery. But a grassroots army was banding together, wanting a holy war against slavery. So, yeah, I mean, at the time when all this was, like, really ramping up before the Civil War, mm-hmm. until they were kind of, their hand was forced, like, po- politicians, like it says, including Lincoln... They weren't really all that whole, like, all that yeah, more fighting like against the Yeah, more of a blind eye, maybe. They were just letting it happen because yeah. they would be, you know. Uh, most historians believe that the grassroots movement started in February 1860 when Cassius M. Clay, uh, the most famous Southern abolitionist from Kentucky, visited Hartford, Connecticut. Clay was escorted around Hartford parade style, and the and the onlookers were very impressed. So much so that Republican marching clubs were formed. It was the birth of the Wide Awakes. The Wide Awakes in Hartford would march in the dead of night with only their drums and boots on the ground making noise, and with many torches as well. Uh, this qu- quickly became a political fad across the North as 1860 unfolded. Many enlisting to be in a Wide Awake group. In St. Louis, or St. Louis, a local shopkeeper tutored local wide awakes to the basics of military formations, and that shopkeeper's name was uh, Ulysses S. Grant. Oh. Uh, so, yeah, like, one of the things I found out while reading about this was, like, a common thing during election year, like, election time, uh-huh. whatever, was, like, the supporters of one politician or the other would just, like the middle of the night march through the streets or whatever or they would like they would go to the opposing politician's house Ooh. and just like be on their lawn just making noise like do something just being fucking annoying yeah loud. now you say Cassius Clay wasn't that Muhammad Ali's yeah. that's not Muhammad Ali you're talking about well no because in 1860 okay <laughs> Muhammad Ali is not a uh, Terminator he's still alive Okay, I, I just you you said Cassius Clay and it just threw me off because I was doing that math in my head. I was like, I don't think that Muhammad Ali is a hundred and some years no, old. Uh, <laughs> no, I would assume he was named after him. Okay, yeah, that or makes sense. I mean, I don't know. He may be related to. I don't think so, but he may yeah. be related to him. I haven't looked into that. I never thought about it. <clears throat> um, youth in militarism distinguished the wide awakes from the hundreds of other clubs milling around nineteenth century American elections. Uh, the organization appealed to white men in their teens, 20s, and 30s, attracting ambitious upstarts sporting youthful goatees who were beginning to feel their true power. Using popular social events, uh, competitive fraternity, and even promotional comic books, the Wide Awakes introduced many to political participation and proclaimed themselves the newfound voice of younger voters. Though often remembered as a creation of the Civil War, generation that had been stirred up by the conflict itself, these young men became politically active a year before the fighting began. Because they've been wide awake, son. They were wide awake. No sleep. And that's why they're called the Wide Awakes. Uh, The structured, militant Wide Awakes appealed to a generation profoundly shaken by the partisan instability of the 1850s and offered young Northerners a much-needed political identity. They were also the first major campaign organization to adopt a military motif Upon enlistment, members became soldiers in the Wide Awake Army, complete with ranks, uniforms, and duties. Uh, The Wide Awakes did not intend to incite actual violence, though. 
They chose their symbolism to appeal to the widespread militia fever of the era. Like, there were militias fucking everywhere. Yeah. Like, the Know Nothing Party, they uh-huh. had, like, the gang, like, the Know Nothings of their organization were one of the gangs, and the gang names are ridiculous. <laughs> like, we'll have, to, we'll have to get into it just for that. Yeah. Like, some of them are normal and they have like proud boys and i mean yeah now we have proud boys yeah i mean it's just history just history really does repeat itself and unfortunately we didn't learn from it at fucking all that's what you're supposed to do yeah because if you don't learn from it you're which apparently from what i'm hearing uh the way most people think they learn history is from statues (laughs) (laughs) did you did you ever learn anything from a fucking statue no I've never... Don't touch it when it's hot. I saw one, a comedian, uh, Tim Dillon, yeah. posted today that uh, usually he has, like, his takes on stuff are, like, usually pretty level-headed. They may not be, like, the majority opinion, like, not they're not going to be popular with everyone, but they usually have, like, some level-headedness to them. And he posted something about how, well, once the statues are torn down, uh, what are we going to... What are we going to teach in school? Like, and, like, he named off a few things, like, uh, wokeness and whatever. And I was like, I was never taken to a statue. Yeah. And Here's, learned, this guy had thousands of slaves. And, I sat in a room and had a book. Yeah. And was taught. Like, you, I, <laughs> a, t- a, a statue never talked to me and told me. All right, kids, everyone grab your statue before yeah. you go home. Like, I'm starting to wonder if statues have been talking to people all these years and just not me. Because, like, who the fuck cares? Maybe put statues of, of the winners. If we're so worried about we're going to forget about slavery, yeah, then put them in a museum. Make statues of slaves. like, And then those fucking white people will never see them because they'll never go to museums. Not serious. <laughs> uh, let's get back to the story. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, they're also where am I at here? Um, they know nothing. You know nothing. Uh, the military, the militarism of the wide awakes helps explain how the election of Lincoln sparked the Civil War. Though uh, historians have long pondered the missing link between the complex politics of the 1850s and the war. It is difficult to believe that the Civil War could have erupted as a popular conflict with hundreds of thousands of excited volunteers unless political debates were transformed into larger cultural motivators. The White Awakes enabled that trans- transformation. Uh, the movement's dangerous use of militarism for political purposes unintentionally bled into powerful cultural agitation that terrified Southerners. Young Northerners equipped with uniforms and torches sent an ominous message to those already op- apprehensive about the Republican Party's anti-Southern attitudes. While certainly not a cause of the war, the Wide Awake's presence ratcheted up sectional pressure and invested Lincoln's election with well, with weighty significance. Understanding how the organization worked helps connect the political and military campaigns. Little was known about the national organization of the Wide Awakes, if indeed any formal governing body existed at all. Very much like whatever the fuck Antifa is supposed to be. Yeah. Like, it's not a goddamn group. There is no fucking organization called, like, it's just not a thing. There's it's no, just people that are It's just like, fucking people that are anti-fascism. Yeah. We all should be. <laughs> like, you should be pissed off right you now. Should, you should never fucking want fascism. Yeah. Anyways, again. Profa. Everything just keeps Don't fucking be profa. reminding me of what's happening now. <laughs> it's so hard. Because nothing has changed. Uh, the club seems to have been organized by city into local chapters. Surviving minutes of the Wisconsin Wide Awakes chapter restrict membership to males... 
uh, age 18 and older, the member had to furnish himself with a style of uniform adopted by the club. The chapter had a military-style officer system consisting of captain and first through fourth lieutenants. Uh, the captain... Sh- so this... Like, they really did have some organization. Yeah. Like, Antifa does not... This is not a thing that... This is even close. There's no captain Antifa. There's not... Yeah. The captain shall have command of the club at all times. In his absence, the lieutenants shall have command and order of their rank. Every member of this club shall attend all the meetings, whether regular or special, and when on duty or in attendance at the meetings, shall obey the officers in command and shall at all times perform such duties as shall be required of him by the officers in command. Sounds like a job. Yeah. More than anything. Buzzkill! No thanks! What do you mean rules? <laughs> Typical wide-awake chapters were also adopted in an unofficial mis- mission statement. The following example comes from the Chicago chapter. Uh, one, to act as a political police. Two, to do escort duty to all prominent Republican speakers who visit our place to address our citizens. Three, to attend all public meetings in a body and see that order is kept and that the speaker in meeting is not disturbed. Four, to attend the polls and see that justice is done to every legal voter. Five, to conduct themselves in such a manner as to induce all Republicans to join them. And six, to be a body joined together in large numbers to work for the good of the Republican ticket. So the other wide awake group Uh that were with the Democrats, that were against immigrants and everything, they were... Their group was their basic responsibility was to go to uh, election booths, whatever, and just make sure no immigrant voted. Like last week, where the, where they had yeah. like the people watching. Yeah, they didn't want like the vets yeah. and yeah. So yeah. that group would just literally go and make sure they stopped certain people. From you think voting. they would come up with a different name, being like so close in year range? Yeah. Like, uh, well, we're the good no nothing. Well, from what I've read. Um, there's really not a ton of stuff on the wide awakes. Like, I or wide sh- awakes, I mean. I was shocked that there's not a lot on them. Like, we, from what I can tell, we might be the first podcast to talk about them. Oh. I can't find anything on Spotify, not anything through Google. Cool. So, uh, but. Are you making this up? Yeah, I made the, I wrote this story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Uh, I got this story from the Constructionist History or something like that. I don't know. I'll put the link in the thing. But, uh. From what I've read, this know nothing's part or uh fuck wide, wide awakes, awakes. A I lot some of the some of the uh, founding members or whatever uh-huh. were former wide awakes from the other one oh. that had figured out that they were wrong. They learned apparently. Like, Be uh, big th- enough to learn. I like, but again, there's not a ton about this. I don't yeah. know if that's entirely true. I like to hope. I like yeah, to hope that hopefully it is people true. Can learn. Yeah, like um, be just be like you know what maybe. Like, I feel like that's so... I, we keep getting off on these little that's side things, but it's like, fine. people are just so stubborn, and like, they're just like, you know, like you said, like, you joke, like, all lives matter. Like, yeah, that's what we're fucking saying. Like, of course, like, white lives have always mattered. Like, you know, we're just saying, like, hey, black lives matter, too. Yeah, and hey... Like, if, let's not... If all lives matter, why is it so hard for you to say black lives matter? Yeah. Like, do they not count as all? And you see, like... I just poured so much vodka. You really <laughs> did. I was watching. I was like, do you know what you're doing? But yeah, but like just at least even back then, like yeah, maybe the, maybe some of them did come from the original wide awakes and they changed their mind because like like why shouldn't immigrants come here? Like we're fucking immigrants. Like it's, I don't know, man. Be so I don't think we're gonna solve the world's problems in this episode. I wish we could. We're getting there. Season two. <laughs> season season two. two. <laughs> Stick around. I keep ever so whenever you go to post an episode on um, uh, Anchor. 
you put, it, you put in the season number and the episode number. <laughs> and I keep being like, is this going to be season two? Is this going to be episode one of season two? And I'm like, do we ever have another season? Yeah, do we have to like... Or do uh, we just do season... Do, season one. Like, at some point, are we going to take, like, the fall off? <laughs> we, or, like, we'll take the whatever off. We'll be back in the fall with our fall well, premiere. I mean, we took a month off before last week, pretty much. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> this is good. I like this. Uh, oh, you won't later. No, I do. <laughs> I, I honestly thought last week's episode... Was maybe our best episode. I like that. I like, listened to it. Just consist like it had just random funny shit. It was informational. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was really good. I, I it liked was, it. I'm not gonna argue with you. Yeah, I kind of like. I was like, this is gonna be shitty for me to say, in a way for us. But like, I listen. I, when I was listening to it, I forgot it was us. Yeah, and I was like. I, I just felt like I was listening to like a podcast that I like. <laughs> I like our podcast. These guys sound pretty cool. Like another person's podcast that I like. Anyways, let's get back to the story. Hey, Josh, Basically, this is us. we're terrible. Yeah. Uh, the symbol of all... We're middle-aged and mediocre. The symbol of all wide awakes uh, was a sinister-looking single unblinking eye, which by design was to lead to various interpretations. The wide awakes tapped into the tangible revolutionary war spirit in the North... And it reached a point where the Republican Party had to not only acknowledge their existence, but to deal with them and use them to gain votes. Southerners were watching the wide, awake, wide awakes as well, with growing disquiet and alarm. The summer of 1860 was hot and dry, which led to an outbreak of fires in southern states such as Texas. Originally, the fires were blamed on natural causes, but before long, the combination of continued fires and the growing influence of the wide awakes led southern newspapers to a false conclusion. Not long after Lincoln became the Republican nominee in Chicago, Southern newspapers started to claim that the fires were started by African slaves, and those slaves were inspired and perhaps told and or funded funded to do so by the Wide Awakes. A rash of lynchings occurred, especially in Texas, trying to get to the bottom of the Uh. abolitionist Wide Awake conspiracy. Northern whites were also lynched, along with African slaves, in Texas. Or, yeah, northern whites were even lynched with African slaves. And in Texas, a Methodist minister was lynched due to his moderate attitudes towards slavery. His skin was taken from his corpse in order to be displayed as a public trophy. Jeez, for... His moderate attitude, like... He was just like, hey, maybe this is shitty. That he was a little indifferent. Maybe we shouldn't own people. Yeah, he, just, he wasn't pumped for it. Like, it sounded like he was, like, smoking, like, a joint. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> you guys ever think maybe this is shitty of us? Yeah, like, they're just like us, right? Hang them! <laughs> Hang them and scan them! Jesus. Uh, also, a bunch of uh, young black men in America right now are not fucking hanging themselves. No. So, how about we look into that? There's been a lot of... Hanging from trees. Back to the story. God damn. (laughs) Many Northerners saw a Southern scheme to expand slavery and create a slave empire in America. Many Southerners saw a Northern scheme to find and support radicals to arm African slaves, uh, which was confirmed with the John Brown at Harper's Ferry in 1859. Harper's Ferry is an awesome story we should do uh, because it's local. However, most Americans were moderates, willing to tolerate the other region if it meant peace. So, like, hey, keep your keep your slaves. Yeah. Just as long as we're all cool. Yeah. Uh, the proof was that each presidential candidate in 1860 campaigned to attract moderate voters. 
Again, nothing has changed. Yeah. That's what we have now. Both fucking parties are just going for the middleman. And they don't want to step on any fucking toes. Well, well, Trump doesn't give a shit. Trump will step on every toe there is. At least, <laughs> well, he'll gently slide. Ac- he'll fucking- gently slide across your toes. Well, he'll do that weird where. His Did you see the ramp thing where you like? Yeah. He posted like paragraphs about him like walking down. His- He's like, of course the cameras didn't show me running down the yeah. ramp. Bullshit. <laughs> you mean falling forward? Oh my god, this guy! And your fucking little feet trying to catch up with your big ass body. Oh. Uh, while the politicians were comfortable standing in the middle of the aisle, not stepping on any toes, an uprising in America pussies. had been slowly building over the years. In 1854, a mob of abolitionists in Boston tried to free a captured slave by storming the building where he was being held. A deputy was even killed in the process. Uh, the African slave was to be taken back, was to be taken back south by his owner. So federal troops escorted the prisoner, quote-unquote prisoner, away from the building, physically beating back those that tried to save him. It was the first time since... All that violence to keep from peace. Yeah. Like, it's just... And to I, keep ownership of a human being. Like, they can't just... Yeah, maybe we, maybe we should just let him go. Like, no, we're going to kill this guy, you know, or this guy's going to die for it, and then we're going to beat everybody else. Yeah. So we can fucking... Um, It was the first time since the Revolutionary War era that this level of civil disobedience existed in the city, which was a tremendous glee of most of its citizens. Boston was once again a battleground for freedom. To Boston Boston. and other like-minded citizens, Lincoln was viewed as just another chair warmer in the White House for another four years. To them, Lincoln didn't go nearly far enough against the evils of slavery and Southern influence. So, yeah, this shit happens, and the people in Boston are like, here we fucking go, man. This yeah. is what we're talking about. We're back to the Tea Party shit. Like, we're going to fuck shit up. So this that kind of started, 1854. Get in the car! Is when people started kind of getting that feeling of, like, maybe we should do something. Yeah. Uh, to most Southerners, especially politicians, Jesus. the conspiracy of the wide awakes using African slaves to commit arson was taken as gospel truth. Southern states accelerated recruiting, training, and equipping their state militias in the fall of 1860s. 1860. Uh, Southerners had re- revolutionary. Southerners had revolutionary war spirit as well. Their local state militias viewed themselves as Minutemen that needed to be on perpetual alert. Uh, in the border states, Missouri, Kentucky, Maryland, and Delaware, wide awakes were coming under attack, which led to the wide awakes arming themselves so they could defend themselves in the increasing number of street battles. Uh, these street battles actually increased the number of northern recruits to the Wide Awakes. October 16, 1860, the largest and greatest parade of Wide Awakes occurred in Boston. The number of participants in the parade exceeded 10,000. Jesus. 25 years before, the abolitionist William Lloyd Garrison was nearly lynched by a mob of Bostonians for his radical views. The parade passed in front of William Lloyd Garrison's home on purpose, with Garrison standing on his porch... Reviewing the troops and admiring them. Uh, the creation of and the growing numbers and influence of the Wide Awakes meant that the Republicans had to use them to gain votes in the election of 1860. Southerners, fueled by the belief that Wide Awakes were behind a conspiracy using African slaves to commit waves of arson, came to view Abraham Lincoln as a threat to their existence, property, and prosperity. Lincoln never left Springfield while he campaigned for president, and he did his absolute best to stay on a moderate course of action. 
However, events and people that Lincoln couldn't control led to, the, led to Northerners viewing Lincoln as a champion against slavery, while Southerners saw Lincoln as a threat to their very existence. So, because of the acts of so many other people, yeah. that narrative stuck around. Like, Lincoln has been heralded as this champ, like a he champion against slaves. slavery. That's what they teach us in school. I mean... I, he lived in a log cabin. Almost against his will. <laughs> he freed the slaves. Uh, and then, yeah, like, because of all this shit happening, like, the Northerners are looking at him as, like, you're our hero, you're the one we need. Southerners are looking at him as, like, he's going to ruin everything we've got. And Lincoln himself is kind of like, I would just be fine with sitting in the middle. I, I just want to be president. Yeah. Like, can I just... I just want to be I'm tall. I'm going to this play, y'all. Watch this play. I'm the NWA champion. <laughs> what? You don't remember? Have you ever heard of Lincoln was the NBA champion? No. Hold on. Remind me to come back to that at the end. Okay. We'll get. Let I'll me, try. Let me go ahead and Google it now. I just know that Lincoln was a vampire hunter. Well, that's that's fact. Yeah. I have the book. They made a movie out of it. I never watched the movie. I have it, and I watched the first half, which lets you know how good it is. Uh, yeah, I have very, the book. So he was also NWA wrestling champ. Uh, yeah, let's just get to now. So, um, people are dying. Uh, let me see. Standing at an impressive six foot six foot four, with lanky arms, perfectly designed to tie his opponents in knots. Yep. Lincoln was a, rena- a renowned grappler, known for his uh, strength and keen mind in his early twenties. Uh, in nineteenth century America. There was, was, what are we doing here? Um, This style of wrestling was a pure test of strength, with combatants locking horns to prove their dominance in front of an audience mostly made up of drunks, gamblers, soldiers, or some combination of the three. (laughs) Nugs, catch as catch can. Um, So let me see here. Uh, uh, Just one, touting just one loss among his 300 or so contests, Lincoln gained reputation among the New Salem Illinois locals as an elite fighter, eventually earning his his county's wrestling championship. He knew just how good he was, too. After one victory, Lincoln reportedly looked at the crowd and bellowed, I'm the big buck of this lick. If any of you want to try it, come on and wet your horns. Uh, Are you not entertained? The challenge would go unanswered. I'm the big buck of this lick. Uh, let me see. His most memorable contest I'm came against Twitter Jack bio Armstrong. To that. <laughs> you need to. Um, I can't find the... Here we go. Okay. WWF champion. Okay, I think this is where it comes from. Uh, Lincoln's reputation as a feared wrestler and beloved president was rewarded in 1992 when he was inducted into the Outstanding American Wing of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. He's joined there by three other presidents, George Washington, Teddy Roosevelt, and William Howard Taft. How the did Taft horsemen. become one of them? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Taft had the wheelchair, right? I will be making a t-shirt for us. <laughs> I love that we went off in this direction. Is Taft on cameo? Uh, is, can we get William Taft on cameo for us? <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, so, 
He was he was not the NWA champion, uh, but he's an NWA. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. I feel like that like now that's gonna be like Abraham Lincoln Hall of Famer, and he freed the slaves, and he freed slaves. Yeah. that's how Vince McMahon was really pushing. <laughs> yeah, the Hall of Famer, Hall of and Famer. free your slaves with that. <laughs> with that. Oh, I I love that four horsemen group. <laughs> All right, I, where are we at here? Uh, active in over half the nation and anxiously scrutinized in the re- in the rest, the wide awakes movement penetrated deep into society. <laughs> so many young men donned shiny wide awake uniforms that tailors experienced shortages of uh, the cloth used to make them. Milwaukee oyster houses offered the wide awake special platters of half shells, and a druggist, a druggist, in Maine marketed. <laughs> Dr. Allen's balsamic cough lozenges to cure members of the hoarseness brought on by too much shouting at midnight rallies. Oh, okay. Even partisan opponents copy the Republican movement, forming the Douglas Invisibles, the Bell Ringers, and the Chloroformers. Because <laughs> they're wide awake. And then they're pl- I was going to say, they need to do like a Sleepy Boys. That's or- what it is. They did it too. <laughs> Uh, We're yeah. the nap time boys. <laughs> We're here to rest for like 30 minutes. We're the heavy eyelids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where the, my eyes are struggling to stay open. We're the, nah, it was just a long blink, boys. <laughs> uh, all, <laughs> all were based on the wide awakes. A political image that swept through northern society from huge rallies to main drugstores and Wisconsin oyster houses. You gotta love those Wisconsin oysters. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those Wisconsin oysters. Get you all horned up. <laughs> Is that what oysters do? I've never had an oyster do in my they? life, but I'm pretty sure they I get you horny. Right, actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Let's find out. I don't like Let's it. get some oysters. I get like, all horned I don't, up. I don't like the term, <laughs> like the term horned up. <laughs> I wake up horned up, baby. I don't know why, Woo! but I just don't like it. Oh. Uh, by what's your beef with WTAP? What's your beef, son? <laughs> I'm all horned up. That's my beef. I'm all horned up against WTAP. <laughs> by early fall, I'll put that on a shirt. By early fall, <laughs> many believe the Republicans boasted over a half a million wide awake soldiers. That number is probably too high, though the popular perception is more significant than the real size of the movement. Certainly, the parades attracted record crowds. The coordinated rallies in New York, Philadelphia, Chicago, Cleveland, and Boston in early October drew over 70,000 wide awakes and 150,000 spectators. It's impossible to calculate how many actually joined the movement, but the real total was probably closer to 100,000, so not quite over half a million. Uh, that number would be the equivalent of about one million wide awakes in the current population. Yeah, you're of saying, the it's still States. a lot of still people. A lot of for fucking 18, people. Fucking sixty. Yeah. Um, no sleep. Wide awake. A letter distributed nationwide by the Hartford Club explains the strange patchwork, boasting that wherever the fight is hottest, there is their post of duty, and there the wide awakes are found. Organized for political combat with partisan rivals, the movement flourished in the corners of the North, where the Democratic Party still prospered. In the November election, the Southern Democrat John C. Breckinridge can't trust that guy, <laughs> won a larger percentage of the vote in Connecticut. Fuck anybody with the middle initial. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. If you got, yeah. Uh, the other Democratic candidate, Stephen Douglas, won chunks of northern New Jersey, the area around Albany, New York, and almost all of ultra-Democratic downstate Illinois. 
Good job. Republicans in or adjacent to those strongholds formed wide-awake companies in response to the Democratic victories, relying on the organization's symbolic militarism wherever the fight is hottest. In pamphlets, banners, editorials, and speeches, the wide-awakes made it abundantly clear, abundantly clear that they were primarily interested in defeating Democrats in their own districts. Uh, in May, the Republican National Convention in Chicago sparked the explosion of the movement Though often neglected in discussions of Lincoln's nomination, the triumphant torchlit parades of the recently organized Chicago Wide Awakes introduced thousands of Republicans to the exciting new movement. Uh, the, the network began to mushroom throughout the North, surging across urban centers and college campuses. The Wide Awake network also benefited from its social appeal. Each company consisted of about 100 young men who joined by... Uh, or who, joined by strong fraternal broad bonds, met several evenings each week in their storefront clubhouses. A, the diary of Jeremiah Wilcox, a 20-year-old carriage maker in Connecticut, depicts the camaraderie that helped attract members. Wilcox, who usually spent his leisure time fishing, added in his diary that, Torchlight procession, nice evening. Had a very fine time. <laughs> so these are the one of the revolutionary people in their diary. Nice I'm so glad Twitter's a thing Had a now. very nice time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the movement's parades also allowed young men to court the many young women who turned out to view the demonstrations. Yeah. As one diarist, is that what we call them? Diarist? In Ohio noted, the ladies, bless them, stayed and cheered us with their presence till we were through. Ooh. And they were as good looking a company of women as one will see. And right, that's the only reason you should even. Do so anything. even during this, <laughs> yeah. basically just trying to get laid. Yeah, <laughs> just, like I'm, a, I'm gonna help these slaves, but I'm also well, gonna, like I'm you, also, know, you know, yeah. If I could get something out of it, yeah, I can get some of that ass. Uh, some white awake captains even used Pigs. friendly rivalries between companies to motivate motivate their members. Um, the network maintained a martial seriousness, though, that distinguished them from the rowdy political clubs of the era. Powered by its political, generational, and social appeal, the Wide Awake Network extended via the growing system of newspapers. In the previous decade, the nation's publications had doubled to over 4,000, and the expansive movement relied on uh, the new form of media. Wide Awake clubs carefully courted favorable presses and attacked hostile ones. In Chicago, they steered, torch they steered torchlight marches past the headquarters of Republican papers to cheer their favorite editors, while a, Col a Columbus company hurled ungentlemanly epithets Ooh. at the offices of the Democratic Columbus, Ohio statesman. With grave seriousness, one Democratic paper accused the Madison, Wisconsin, Wide Awakes of stealing its editor's hat. Oh, shit. These sons of bitches. <laughs> These rascals. <laughs> they took my hat. Freeing the slaves is one thing. Yeah. But if you steal my hat. You take my, my beanie. <laughs> my beanie. My bowler. More, what were they been wearing back? Like straw hats is all I can think of. Beanie or Dad Gummit, right? <laughs> Dad Gummit. Republican pay. I he would throw his hat down, <laughs> but he's angry. Oh, we both yeah. got there at the same time. All right. Republican papers printed announcements of parades and meetings, and editorials calling for more companies to be created resulted in the formation of new chapters within days of public publication. An active and popular newspaper culture provided the highway on which the wide awakes traveled. 
Uh, though political novices, the original Hartford Wide Awakes helped build the national network. As young Republicans caught wind of the growing movement, they wrote to Hartford asking advice on forming their own chapters. In response to this deluge, over 2,000 letters, the original club distributed circulars detailing its history, constitution, and structure, and even sent out samples of the club uniform. Uh, James Chalker, a 28-year-old founding member and textile salesman, sold at least 20,000 wide-awake uniforms during the campaign. Henry Sperry, Sperry, another founder and aspiring newspaper editor, penned hundreds of informational circulars, promotional letters, and supportive editorials. The 23-year-old Sperry's publicity campaign propelled him to national prominence. Uh, though too young to have ever voted in a presidential election, Sperry directed the d- dynamic national network that formed thousands of wide-awake clubs. Aside from a handful of party insiders, no individual did more to organize Lincoln's 1860 campaign. Uh, In August 1860, former presidential candidate William H. Seward traveled to the Midwest to stump for Abraham Lincoln, uh, the very man who had defeated his campaign for Republican nomination. Huge members of the Wide Awakes greeted Seward's entourage with parades, fireworks, and banquets. Seward noticed more than just the stunning number of wide awakes who packed arenas to hear him speak. Uh, in their young faces, he recognized a grand generational stirring. When the f- when 50 companies converged on Detroit to receive him, a rally so large that wide awakes made up 10% of the city's total population that wow. day. Seward declared, The reason we didn't get an honest president in 1856 was because of the old men of the last generation were not wide awake, and the young men of this generation hadn't gotten their eyes open yet. Now the old men are folding their arms and going to sleep, and the young men throughout the land are wide awake. So he basically just said wide awakes a lot to yeah. the group. He was like, if I just say your name a lot, you're going like to like me. me. That's just crazy. That's 160 years ago. Uh, 18, 1860. 60, I mean, and it's like still just... It's still just... <laughs> it's just like... You can say this happened last Wednesday. It's 260 years years ago. You can say this was like last Wednesday, and I'd be like, all right, yep. Yeah. Like I did that. Yeah. Uh, Shit don't change. uh, Where am I at here? Um, We're we're fucked. Established party leaders, however, hesitantly trusted the wide awakes because of their non-elite roots. Um, Basically... Though the movement incorporated members from most sections of society, wage laborers and farmers predominated. Some Republican leaders even complained about the absence of the intelligent classes in the wide-awake ranks, which they claimed were made up of the mechanic or a laborer or just a clerk. Census records from Ohio and Connecticut indicate many farmers, factory workers, and carpenters in the wide-awakes, in addition to some middle-class young men employed as store clerks or railroad ticket agents. The Wide Awakes were diverse, however, and the organization incorporated some bankers, merchants, and lawyers. Uh, occasionally established young men such as Charles Francis Adams Jr. joined the movement, but they represented a curiosity and were frequently pestered into joining by local Wide Awake companies. Class differences, though far less glaring than the obvious age gap, further complicated the relationship between the grassroots movement and elite politicians. While uh, Republicans eventually developed confidence in the and the wide awakes, their opponents saw them, saw their age as a major weakness. 
uh, greatly exaggerating their youth, Democrats characterize mem- members as infant politicians, uh. too young even to vote. Many question the masculinity of the young members, calling the wide awakes beardless and precocious youths. Uh. I've called some people beardless and precocious youths, yeah. but not in a hateful way. So More of guys, an yeah, annoyed just... way. Uh, and infants whose mamas didn't know they were out. Ooh. The Don't bring my mama into this. My, you leave my beardless face alone and, my and do not speak about my mama. Uh, the frequent reta- attacks on the youthful, youthfulness of the movement's members offer a glimpse of the, of the relationship between age, masculinity, and political participation in that era. Uh, the illustrated... Oh, denigrating the wide awake's manliness also probably probably comforted those alarmed by the ominous sight of an army of torch-bearing, uniformed Republicans marching in lockstep. The illustrated pamphlet, Pips Among the Wide Awakes, provided a powerful example of the movement's deliberate appeal to young voters. The strange little comic book tells the story of 21-year-old Pips, who takes his first step toward political participation by joining the Wide Awakes. Pip! The pamphlet begin with Pip, begins with Pips admiring his new mustache in the mirror, and deciding to cast as cast his virgin vote at the coming election. Though his conservative father tries to talk him out of wide awaking, Pips uh, disdains parental influences and determines to exercise the high like prerogatives of an American citizen. After fighting off Democratic rowdies, Pips casts his first vote for Abraham Lincoln, therefore becoming a man of the world and a politician. Wow. Active participation in a political campaign affirms Pips' maturity and masculinity. The pamphlet demonstrates how young men could join the wide awake movement to announce their newfound membership in the political sphere, not as gears in a larger machine, but as independent actors using the organization for self-expression. Oh, Pip! Pip-Pip. So, so Pip's pamphlet was pretty powerful. Pip's how? If my if I'm popping my peas, <laughs> yeah, it's because Pip's pamphlet was it's powerful. pretty powerful. Pow! Per- What's the word I'm looking for? Not paraphernalia. Propaganda. Propaganda. Oh, yeah. Pips, Pips propaganda paplet. Paplet. Paplet smear. <laughs> oh, I am failing the sobriety test. We're drunk. <laughs> Mil- uh, militia fever had already gripped the nation for over half a decade at this point. The combined Is that like the corona? Right. The military oh. militia fever. <laughs> it came from the country of militia. The combined weight of a victorious war with Mexico, increasing nationalism at home, and the stress schools put on the military history of the revolution encouraged a civilian obsession with the military. Kind of the same, yep. still today. Uh, political organizers often employed martial language in their behind-the-scenes communication, but the Wide Awakes were the first organization to make public use of militarism as political identity. Uh, no party, wrote Georgia's Macon... Telegraph has heretofore been so desperate and abandoned as to organize armed political clubs. We need to start saying heretofore more. Heretofore. Uh, wide awake militarism extended far beyond wearing uniforms. Partisan newspapers frequently employed terms like soldiers, army, arms, and weapons to refer to the wide awakes. Uh, the Republican Party, torches, and ballots. Members uh, dumped their pamphlets with military terminology and martial metaphors became ubiqu- ubiquitous ubiquitous in political speeches. Uh, many of the club's older officers were veterans of the Mexican War and passed their military experience onto their men. 
uh, former and future military military icons like Ulysses S. Grant, taught the wide awakes textbook infantry drills. While earlier campaigns trumpeted the personal military backgrounds of Andrew Jackson, William Henry Harrison, and Zachary Taylor, uh, the Wide Awakes idealized the militarism not of Lincoln's brief service, but of the mass of campaigners, offering each partisan a professional military identity. In light of the club's militarism... Be somebody. Yeah. Yeah, you can be They get somebody. to join a group. Yeah. Everybody wants to be a part of a group, apparently. Uh, in light of the club's militarism, the brawls, stabbings, and shootings that often occurred at Wide Awake demonstrations are impossible to ignore. Uh, nonetheless, 19th century political culture was prone to violence, and the November election was relatively peaceful. Within a few months of their founding, the Wide Awakes had largely abandoned their original employment as escorts for pro- Republican speakers to focus almost entirely on nonviolent parades. Although Wide Awake related... A peaceful protest. Yeah. Uh, although wide awake related violence provides important evidence about the militarism of the movement, it does not indicate that the clubs were more aggressive than other partisan organizations of the period. Bloodshed occurred mostly in competitive parts of the Lower North, and it often differed from region to re- or differed from region to region. Each co- East Coast partisans usually clashed in large melees where they used stones, bricks, and torches as weapons. In many cases, rowdies ambushed wide awake parades hurling bricks and screaming kill the damn wide awakes the movement also initiated violence in one instance attacking a manhattan fire company and destroying its engine before being chased off by axe wielding firemen the newark wide awakes when asked about their frequent brawls complained that the torches were made of soft pine and splintered after just a few blows to the head (laughs) first world problems yeah uh farther west the violence involved more weapons Oscar Lawrence Jackson, a 20-year-old who lectured to open-air audiences in rural Ohio, recorded an incident in which drunken Democrats tried to shut down his speech. It came near taking a serious turn, Jackson wrote, as the wide awakes were prepared and would have shot and sliced them like dogs if any of us had been been attacked. Events took a serious turn in the Midwest uh, quite frequently. The Democratic candidate for coroner in an Indiana town shot a club member in the shoulder and an Illinois wide awake stabbed the ringleader of a mob seven times during a late night brawl. Oof. Yeah, there's going to be incidents of violence. Sure. Uh, it is deceptively easy to see a link between the militarism of the movement and those violent episodes, but to do so ignores key aspects of the wide awake's clashes. Despite their imposing image, the club's mode of demonstrating made its members more vulnerable to the guerrilla warfare of 19th century political violence. A tightly packed group of wide awakes surrounded by large crowds of anonymous spectators made an easy target for a few teenage brick throwers. When violence did occur, wide awakes rarely maintained the formation. As it broke up, some individual members charged their opponents while others fled for cover. The wide awakes also never displayed their weapons, and those who used knives or revolvers brought them individually and hid them beneath their capes. Even the torches. Man, they wore capes. They, oh yeah, I never mentioned that. Shit. Yeah, they wore capes. That's part of their uniform. With uh, like, and they would like soak them in something. Yeah. That the uh, the torch, the oil, and the torch lights, like, because it would, because as they were walking, it would like slosh out, uh-huh. and slosh around. So they wore something on their like capes and stuff that would like uh, the oil would just slide off and wouldn't Ooh. burn through it. So they were. That's wa- good cape man. They were always like, kind of like shiny. <laughs> uh, even the torches, although often used as clubs, proved unreliable. With a few highly publicized exceptions, the Wide Awakes fought like Democrats or know nothings, not as an organized militia. 
the wide awake struggled to convince a worried nation that their movement could be both militaristic and peaceful. The captain of a lower Manhattan club informed the New York Times that the wide awakes were not only the most numerous, the best disciplined, and the most effective political organization this country's ever seen, but also the best behaved. Lecturers reminded hot-headed members that their martial talk was metaphorical, and election day editorials begged the wide awakes to avoid violence at the polls. One writer in St. Louis dismissed fears of wide awake violence, joking that their organization owes itself to some shrewd Yankee who invented a cheap uniform. There is no warlike attention whatever in their movement. And despite their frequent scrapes, the wide awake self-consciously, cl- self-consciously claimed to have little love of violence. Uh, the movement had great... They're lovers. They're not lovers, fighters. not fighters. Yeah. yeah. I get that. mostly local, the movement had grave national consequences. Intent on battling northern Democrats, few wide awakes realized how their militarisms appeared below the Mason-Dixon line. Watching the network slowly stretch into Maryland, Virginia, and Missouri, many panicked southerners interpreted the movement as confirmation of their fears of northern coercion. Virginians warned that the wide awakes quote, carry rails to break open our doors, torches to fire our dwellings, and beneath their long black capes, the knives to cut our throats. In Congress, Senator Lewis Wigfall of Texas accused William Seward of ordering his wide-awake soldiers to sweep through the country I live in with fire and sword. The participation of a handful of black men in a wide-awake parade in Massachusetts, an event that also infuriated racist northerners in both parties, Confirm the southern narrative of the coming Republican apocalypse. Can't let a black man march. <laughs> Not in 1860. Most southerners feared the threat that wide awakes pose, not to the throats, but to their political process. Many believed that the Republicans were organizing a vast army under the guise of political clubs intended to supersede the constitutional forces of the government. Radicals like William Lowndes Yancey and Henry A. Wise decried the wide awakes as a Republican paramilitary corps, a monster bodyguard that planned to inaugurate Abraham Lincoln forcibly. At the center of the anxiety lay the belief that the wide awakes, unlike the usual campaign clubs that melted away in mid-November, had grown into a constant Republican auxiliary. A month after the election, the Dallas Weekly Herald articulated these concerns in an article titled The Wide Awakes Permanent. By crossing the boundaries that limited political clubs to participation between nomination and election, the wide awakes threatened to introduce America to a perpetual campaign for office and patronage. This terrifying premonition of a permanent wide awake midnight led many Southerners to view the movement as a threat to the already precarious political process. When November 6th came, thousands of plain-clothed wide awakes policed the polls. The day was peaceful. No capes. Oh, they had cl- they had capes. They're plain clothes. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, no capes. <laughs> Sans cape. I can't believe they could do their job without the capes. I know. That's where you get your power from. Abraham Lincoln won 39.9% of the popular ballot, but earned the electoral votes of all the northern and western states, excluding part of New Jersey. Fucking New Jersey. Fucking New Jersey. Uh, despite the stunning popularity, it is unlikely that the White Awakes won the election for, for the Republicans. Though George Templeton Strong decided to vote for Lincoln after attending a wide awake parade, most voters probably responded to the larger forces promoting Republican realignment and Democratic fissure. Even if it politicized thousands of young men who had never before voted, Lincoln probably would have won without the movement. Which I think is taking a, saying that's taking a lot away from what these yeah. guys did. 
Like they they had black men marching and. I mean, know. they definitely started something. Yeah, like they definitely contributed to everything. It's clear, however, that the wide awakes fundamentally altered the tone of the campaign. They took a muddled political environment and turned it into one of the most excited elections in American history. Through marches, speeches, editorials, advertisements, cartoons, jokes, and brawls, the Wide Awakes triggered massive popular enthusiasm in the summer and fall of 1860. Democrats and constitutional unionists responded with their own clubs, further electrifying the contest. Northerners became so used to the sound of marching companies that when a small earthquake shook Boston in mid-October, many assumed it was simply the Wide Awakes drilling on Boston Common. Most important, the prominent movement highlighted the powerful forces of militarism, youth, and partisan competition that dramatically altered the era. By energizing the tone of the campaign, the Wide Awakes had a major impact on how Americans interpreted Lincoln's victory in the days and weeks before election secession. By the end, by the end of 1860, the nation was wide awake. Uh, the Wide Awakes bridged together the time between the election and the war. While some companies disbanded after the election, hundreds of others continued to meet and offered to escort Lincoln down to Washington for his inauguration. They were politely refused, but the mere suggestion stoked Southern fears. South, South Carolina be, began to organize militias of their own. Uh, the creation of the Minutemen is often mentioned as a major stepping stone on the road to disunion, but a few historians note that they were a direct response to the Wide Awakes. The link between secession and the movement is even stronger than previously realized. As South Carolina's leaders debated secession late on the evening of December 20, one speaker referenced the movement. Though endorsing secession, Edward McCready argued that his state should not march as the wide awakes in the north by torchlight, but leave the Union in broad daylight the next morning. The first Americans to secede did so with the wide awake movement on their minds. It's fucking crazy that a state just were no longer a part of America. Yeah. Uh, which I, I was thinking this last night. I truly believe in t- 20 years, yeah. within 20 years, we're going to have countries within the country. Like, I don't see the United States lasting. Like, Texas will want to be its own country. I just feel like there's going to be... California. This whole thing's over. Yeah. Like, I feel like... I mean, in... in yeah. Like Look I, at all these slave masters posing on your dollars. Like, what... Like, like that's what the jewel's for, but, like, what the fuck, man? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, it's just... None of this is working. Like, it hasn't worked. In fucking 1860, these guys were tired of it. Yeah. And they put on capes. They put on clay, capes yeah. and grab Like, that's what I'm taking away from this, okay? Is we need capes. We need capes. We need capes with the four horsemen on the back. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Fuck. Man, that fucking line from that song, like... Just for anybody that... Like the 13th Amendment, you know, abolished slavery. But look at... I think that's what the line was. Look at all these slave masters posting on your dollar. And I never fucking thought of that about that before. It's like all... To all the people that, you know, are like... I'm a white guy and I can't get over slavery. They try to say shit about how... Like, and like, I love how like they're telling black people, like, just get over it. Like, that wasn't you. Imagine living every... That was... It wasn't your... Like, oh, sorry, it was my great-grandpa. Even... Like, sorry, I'm still a little, like... Like, still, like, even if you don't even know, like, your family history, who, to just be able to be like, well, you, you didn't experience it. Yeah. You, you fucking look at the shit on the, like, they're, yeah, like, they're fucking, like, money. They're, just, like, there's just constant reminders fucking, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, man. <laughs> We're almost done here. <laughs> I just, it's just, 
Like, I, I feel like the world would be such a better place if somebody could just be like, okay, like I'm going to put myself in your position. Yeah. Like, from like a small scale to like a giant scale. Right. Just be like, oh, the fucking Aunt Jemima, that's my serve. But, like, think about, like, or, like, these statues, that's history. But, like, think about it from someone else's right. point of view. Like, just don't be fucking, there's so much like, selfishness, is it more man. important that a statue that you're literally never going to go visit? You, yeah. Is that more important? They could quietly take that statue away. Any statue. Yeah. And I bet 90% of the population, I don't know. 90, a lot, 99 Yeah, we wouldn't even fucking know. They would never know. Yeah, but because like it's like this where it's, they're taking it down because Black Lives Matter. And it's just... Yeah. There's like, just so much hate in the world, man. The chance that you may... Less hate, more case. You may sometime go look at a statue. Never. Go look at a piece of con- like stone. The fact that that is somehow more important to you yeah. than... Just the constant reminder of Like Statue shit. of Liberty, that's a good fucking statue. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, at, like keep that one. Go look at that one. Go look at that one. The, it's isn't big. There, isn't there a statue of Stallone? Like outside at, of Phil- yeah, at Philadelphia, Philly. sure. Go look at the Arnold statue of yeah. Columbus. In Go Japan, look- there's like a, a statue of a dude like back suplexing another dude. Yeah, we have a Mothman statue. Mothman statue. Look at People that. love it. They line up to take pictures of it. I don't think Mothman's racist at all. Who the fuck lines up to take pictures with some of these statues, no one I want to know. No, fuck no. <laughs> no one that I ever want. Now they do because people want to oh, tear yeah. it down, and yeah. now they care. Now it's important to them. Yeah, but it's important to them because it's more important to somebody else. Yeah. And like people are like, well, I can't let their important be more important than my important. Well, I saw where like there's a there's a bunch of people saying that like any uh, statue like that in West Virginia yeah. needs tore down, replaced with moss Moth yeah. statues, or just put like a statue of Ronald McDonald on a bench. And people sit well, beside them and they get their picture let's not taken. Go back to that weird time. In everybody's lives. <laughs> <laughs> I don't support that. I want a statue of Ronald McDonald in a cape. All right. I mean, I'll support that. <laughs> like he stole like a hamburg- Hamburglar's cape. I'm wide awake. Yeah, yeah. yeah hamburger hamburger had a cape. Yeah. Hamburglar was an OG wide awake. <laughs> he was. <laughs> He was just Robba Robbling. Uh, Robba Robba Robba. Uh, throughout the winter, <laughs> Southerners weighed... Is last week? Are we talking about last week again? Last week. Oh, 1860. Okay. Yeah, and winter, so we're not... <laughs> On January 9th, the Jackson Weekly Mississippian warned, large bodies of wide awakes have been organized with a view to attempt the invasion of South Carolina under the sanction of the federal flag. Mississippi seceded later that day. Even in the Upper South. Mississippi many, can suck my dick. Yeah, they have the Confederate flag fact. in their flag. Yeah, yeah. So Mississippi suck a dick. <laughs> uh, even in the Upper South, many fence-sitters balked at the more realistic concern of being trapped in Union permanently dominated by the militant campaign. Uh, George Sanders, a Kentucky Democrat later accused of aiding Lincoln's assassins, informed New Yorkers, The South looks your military and militant wide awakes to your banners, your speeches, your press, and your votes and not to what Mr. Lincoln may say or do after his election. Fear of the wide awakes as an invading army uh, was a major factor in many Southerners' calculation of, disu- of disunion. When the war began, the movement supplied some of the Union's earliest and most eager volunteers. Just three days after firing on Fort Sumter, thousands of wide awakes in Philadelphia and Washington began to train secretly as a paramilitary force. In St. Louis, the Republican Congressman Francis Preston Blair Jr., armed companies of German wide awakes and ordered them to capture the pro-secession Missouri State Militia based at Camp Jackson. The bloody confrontation that followed left 28 dead 
and sparked the extremely brutal fighting that engulfed Missouri for the next three years. It's not possible to know that what percentage of wide awake members fought in the war, but scattered evidence suggests that the participation was remarkably high. 80% of the original Hartford Company served, compared to about half of eligible Northerners. Though the wide awakes were driven by the national experiences of the generation and were participating in a campaign for federal office, they rarely noticed the impact of their political war games. Later, many members would claim that their militarism showed that they had predicted the Civil War, but at the time they barely saw it coming. Instead, the Wide Awakes were a group of young men playing with a very dangerous symbol. The militarism became a runaway metaphor, crashing through the political divide and culture, election and war. Though the consequences of the metaphor were unintentional, the Wide Awakes chose it deliberately. The campaign's militaristic symbolism declared the generation's attitudes towards partisan combat. Throughout their adolescence, they watched the Whigs die, the Know-Nothings rise and fall, the democracy split itself, and a new party, barely six years old, poised to win the presidency. Club members were reared on stark notions of competition in the age of uh, ephemeral organizations. The wide-awake generation was coming to see politics as a deadly zero-sum game, and military Jesus. metaphors acknowledged that a party might be able to massacre its rivals. That was what Seward meant when he joked that none but Republicans were born in the United States after the year 1860. Wearing shiny black capes and practicing infantry drills had nothing to do with preparing for civil war. Instead, the symbolism reflected the hope that the Republican Party might finally finish off the northern democracy. The Wide Awake story shows that campaign metaphors are not empty hoopla, but rather display the intimate relationship between citizens and their politics. So for everything happening out there in the fucking streets right now, don't think it's nothing. Yeah. Keep fucking going. Like, it's crazy to think that a group that kind of just slowly started ended up in some way... Just tired of shit. ...helped end slavery. Yeah. Like, kind of brought it to, like, you have to deal Kind of carried Lincoln there, it sounds like. you like. have to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. So... That is the story. So we went of from wide awake to people being woke to being woke. <laughs> that there you go. The fuck. wide woke. The wide awokes. Like I, like I remember not being woke, just being ignorant. You know, like I'm, I'm better off now because I mean it's just the world is so fucking awful, man. Yeah. It's like now I'm even more terrible. bummed because it's been awful. Like I forgot this. <laughs> it's been fucking awful. Like I, we seem like, man. Like, the first 30-some years of my life. I mean, my dad fought in Desert Storm, but still, it never felt like a war. Right. It never felt like he wasn't coming home. Because he was, like, you know, in a different country doing something completely... Like, there wasn't, like, a ground war, really. It was missiles and shit. And, like, that wasn't where my dad was at. But it's just, like... I don't, I don't even... It's just, like, still, my first, like, 39 years of my life, like, I've just been so ignorant, you know? Yeah. Just kind of blinded to what... Like, reality of course, was. Black Lives Matter. Like, I, I grew up like it is like, like I don't post this because I feel like it's just I don't know. Like, it just sounds like the douchiest thing ever. But like, I have black family. Like, I live in South Carolina. Like, I had black Not friends. Like, my, you didn't grow up here. Yeah, like I like uh, and just like, I mean, my grandpa loved my black cousin. Yeah, you know, my grandpa was like an old like you know war vet and just like he moved like just I don't know. Did like, you? I, you were born in South Carolina? No, I was born in Parkersburg. So you were, but I've just moved around so, so much because Dad's in the Air Force, yeah. Okay. Like, born here briefly, then moved to, like, South Carolina, then Ohio, and back to South Carolina. But, like, in South Carolina, like, I went to school with mostly black kids. Yeah. Like, it never... 
Like, I remember the one time I got spanked in school was because I was calling my friend chocolate chip and you would call me vanilla. But there was no hate behind it. Right. We were just like, you know, we're like little third graders or whatever. But, like, we got sent to the principal's office and got paddled for it. I, I just wonder, like, how much... I mean, it goes, like, it goes back to the whole nature versus nurture thing. But, like, I can't remember as a kid, I was never influenced by, like, what my parents... Yeah. Like, my parents in no way ever tried to influence me really about anything. Like, I decided on my own at a very young age, like, five or six, yeah. that religion was bullshit. I mean, I decided on my own, like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. I was sense. a little older than that. I think I was about 9 or 10, but I remember being at church camp, and they were doing the golden rule. And I was like, well, oh, yeah, do on yeah, the yeah, others. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, that's fucking karma. And, like, that's, like, the last thing I took from church, because I was like, that's all you... Like, yeah. Like, do all, like, that's just... Just do good shit. I be good. My, and, mom, like, my mom took me to church a few times when I was a little kid, and, like, it just took a... Didn't take very many. <laughs> and I was just like, ah, no, not for me. Yeah. And then, like, I never, like, it wasn't until my senior year of high school when my English teacher, for, like, the couple days I was there, like, I, I probably would have, I probably should have stayed in his class and not done the whole, like, hey, can I bring my shit in on Friday? Uh-huh. Like, I probably should have taken his class fully because he was, like, kind of, like, just in those first couple days made me realize, like, oh, it's okay not to believe in God. Yeah. Like, it's okay to have a different opinion about things. Just don't, yeah, not to be part of that crowd. Like, I don't, like, I don't have to, like, just go along with what, but, like, I, then I remember as a kid, like, I never, I've never once had, like, that feeling of, like, I'm, I'm above anybody. Yeah. I'm, like, it's just so fucking weird to me that you can think, yeah, that because you have a you have a certain skin color that you're, you're somehow you did not like it's the same thing as like people that like, like I, where we're at now yeah nobody did anything to get where yeah, they're like, at I don't understand um, patriotism yeah I just don't like you did nothing to earn you, being here yeah I get the people like like if you're in the army or something like you're fighting for it like cool right like, right right know. and like I get like as you know, you get in a whole fucking messy bag of, like, the European settlers came over here and fucking just slaughtered, the, you know, the people that lived here. Yeah. Well, now but, Columbus statues are getting torn down. But you look at those people, and, it, like, you can look at that and say, I get why they would be patriotic. Yeah. Like, they, through shitty fucking means, they earned. The I British. I guess you could say they earned. Yeah. Like, they, but, I mean, they fucking, like, took something. Yeah. So, like, I <laughs> like get, they had enough of something, so they came over here, and they're like, this is a pretty cool spot. Yeah, we're I get gonna... being patriotic then, like, yeah. but you were, but people now, like, you're just fucking born. Be human. You Don't didn't be patriotic. Be fucking here. human. Yeah. Like, just because, like, people are, like, there shouldn't be any races, like, human race. Like, that's it. There shouldn't be white. Right. Like, Why do There we... is, but it's just, we're all the fucking same, man. And then just to, like, have random fucking misconceptions or just stereotypes about what people in other countries are like. Yeah. They're probably a lot like fucking you because they're they're, they're different, but once you get to know them, they're not that different. Yeah. They probably have the basic same functions as you and then believe in some different things. Yeah. So, get over it. Like, just, just, just put know, yourself man. in other people's... Just empathy. Put, yeah. Just, that's all that's it. Just, Fuck, man. It's not hard. Uh, and people make it so hard. I know. Like, right now, it's just... I don't even. I, I 
the it's, world, dude, is just. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking nuts. I uh, I just drink half a bottle of rum, and I still don't get it. Uh, real. I do want to say so. Going back, kind of like to what's happening right now in uh, professional wrestling. Uh, Joel just shit his pants. I think. <laughs> I'm sorry. I uh, uh, shuffling myself. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I grabbed onto the chair to brace myself, <laughs> and I let it. that go. I gotta drink some more. Or that I'll like. Who to hear that? My mic might pick it up. <laughs> it was like around a uh, an hour and twenty <laughs> minutes. I need to isolate it. Uh, <laughs> I can uh, do it again. No, don't please. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, so I don't know, man. Everything's fucked up. Yeah. Like, I do want to say that, like, just as, as far as the wrestling stuff goes, um, I doubt anybody that's listening to this is probably going to be in this situation, but, uh-huh. like, if I'm ever on a show, if I'm ever at a show, if I'm in a locker room, whatever, like, I don't wrestle anymore, but I'm still, I do commentary for some places, yeah. I run shows. If you ever, if some, if, you know, if somebody in the back ever does anything to make you feel assaulted, uncomfortable, whatever, fucking come to me. Let me know what you need. Do you just need to get out of the situation? I'd like to expand that to any situation. Any situation, really, yeah. I know just, you. Just fucking and I, yeah. like, Wrestling especially, because that's your, like, your forte, but... Yeah. Yeah, anybody, any situation, either one of us. I will fucking stay as calm as you need me to stay, yeah. or I will fucking get enraged. If you want, yeah. Like, if you want you, me to listen, need, I'll listen. What do you if need? You want, yeah. yeah, you just need somebody to kind I'm of I'm so lucky. Over. I've only known Remix and Pro Wrestling Inception shows. I can't imagine that kind of behavior going on. Yeah, but I, just because, like, like remix, I'll, I'm always on the on you know I'll work a merch table or something like that. But PWI, like I've been back and forth, running behind you know backstage talking to you, and yeah. like just everybody's so cool, and it's just yeah, such yeah, a yeah. family atmosphere. I can't imagine like just just going to that and then having to worry about oh my god, is this you know is is some this person going to come up and like make me feel bad, like fuck with me. Yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, when I was, like, kind of uh, in my more, like, when I was really working all the time, mm-hmm. wrestling-wise, uh, I didn't really work for a lot of places that used a lot of uh, female workers. I mean, so I really wasn't, like, around to see a lot of... I think that's just kind of coming around, like, female... Yeah, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, it took yeah, a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've... I mean, not a lot of that's probably WWE's fault. They had, like, you know, divas. divas and it wasn't, and... like, people weren't expecting women to, like, put on good wrestling matches. And now, like, women are having the best wrestling matches on the card. Yeah, one of my earliest matches was against a, uh, a female. That's awesome. Um... And then one of my favorite matches of all time was against a female. Yeah. That was for a show that uh, a guy named Viper used to run in Rutland, Ohio. Or, not Rutland, uh, Portsmouth, I think. Portland? No, I, there I, was ran, a Portland, I ran to Portland. Ohio. Okay, okay. Uh, Portsmouth, Ohio, I think. Or Portsmouth, West Virginia, I don't know. Somewhere around Rutland. But, uh, yeah, one of my favorite matches was against... Um, it was in a tournament for the heavyweight championship. Yeah. And uh, it, we went out there and, like, just... I mean, there, at, at no point was, like... Was I like, we didn't do anything that was like, I'm a guy and you're a girl. You grabbed my dick, Joey Ryan. Yeah, it was just, we just worked each other. It was good. It was a good match. Wrestler uh, versus wrestler. But yeah, then like when I did start to kind of towards the end of my actual in-ring career, like at Remix, Uh where there was a, always, you know, Remix has tons of female talent. Always, always has. Really good matches. Adam Johnson is a huge supporter uh-huh. of, of uh, you they know. They had Ruby Riot back. I can't remember her indie name, but Ruby Riot was uh, Heidi there. Heidi Lovelace. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Kimberly. Yeah. Um, Sassy Stephanie. I mean, yeah, uh, I mean the Sarah Del Rey. Sarah Del Rey has been on the show. She went on to, to, to work at the Performance Center for a lot of years and really. Uh, right now in, um, oh, there's the. There's a there's a girl or uh, there's somebody in NXT I think right Ember now. Ember Moon. Well, Ember Moon was she on a was at, shows. she was at remix shows. I mean there's yeah remix has always been very and I I have never personally seen, um, you know any kind of yeah. not to say that it never happened with, sure because you know we had you know you have random people in I think we're really lucky like I said I mean with Adam running shit the remix way Adam was definitely would, not yeah. a uh, environment that supported that shit yeah you know. That would not have been tolerated if we knew. If anything happened, we knew it yeah. would not fucking be tolerated. And so, that should be like that everywhere. Yeah. Like it's crazy. Like remix is like the they're like you know the one that kind of stands out for that, right. I guess. Because now you're just hearing all these WWE guys. I mean, Impact guys. Yeah. It's just fucking crazy. Yeah, I haven't like I saw a list. Somebody put out a list of everybody that's been named, but like I don't know what they've been named for. So, yeah, like, I don't you know can't. What, yeah. You know, like um, more stuff has to come out, but just to be named's not a good look. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're, I mean, I believe women. Yeah, you know, and it's not like I don't think these guys should like lose all their work or whatever. Like, if more stuff comes out and there's like, I don't, it's, I think they it's should so have, fucking. If some shit happened, you should be called out for it. Yeah, and then you have to deal with it. And change or don't change. Yeah, and if I you mean, can change, and maybe you can like show that you've progressed, and maybe some of these guys can't come and work again. Right. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you might have fucked it up for yourself. Yeah. I mean, Louis C.K. slowly trying to come back. Yeah. I don't think Chris Diella will... I, I mean, I can't... With Yeah, it being underage girls, he, <sighs> he's... So... He better not ever be welcome back. Yeah. Like, if this all turns out, you know. Which, the amount of screenshots I've seen... Yeah. It's hard to say this is alleged. Yeah. I but mean, we have to, because it's just... That's yeah. where, we're, where we're at. So, I don't know, man. If any... You know, anybody ever needs anything... Uh, you know, well, we, we're, we're middle aged and mediocre, and we're on your side. Yeah, and we're I, here for you. And I, I'll bring my cape. Have long since gave a shit about pissing anybody off yeah. or making enemies. I don't care so, about that. Yeah. So yeah, man. Uh, that's we're, we're, two, a couple of, we're a couple of hippies. Really, that's two history stories in a row. <laughs> I'd never heard of any of that, so that was a really good one. I yeah, the wide awakes, man. They uh, really not a lot, not a lot about them. But they had a major influence in, I would say, ending slavery. I mean, I hate that they use torches because, like, those idiots that like oh, yeah. did the the protest a couple years ago used torches. But like back then, that's all they had. Say, back then, there was no street lights. They're like, we're gonna light they, this shit up with torches. Yeah. yeah, it was a requirement. So it kind of pisses me off that like these new guys use torches by trying right. not to. But like, well, I, I like that. I like that. It's a really good story, and really, I mean, that's how people need to be wide awake right now. Right. And again, man, like that's there's there's a fucking movement happening. Like, yeah. There's no long overdue. There's no name to it. If you call it Antifa, you need to fucking learn what that means, and yeah. you need to learn to quit saying that. There's bullshit. just buzzwords that yeah. exist, and it's just so easy to just use these words to just like group everybody. But, you know, together. yeah, a movement doesn't need a name. It's yeah. out there. It's fucking visible. It's fucking human rights, man. Uh, now that everything's turned mostly peaceful, you're not seeing a lot of coverage. Yeah. But it's still happening. Yeah. Uh, everywhere in the country, there's huge gatherings. There's yeah, huge the protesters protests. are different from the rioters, and I mean, even they, I, I don't. You can't a, judge any group. I don't give a fuck about a building. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah. I don't give a goddamn about any buildings. Quit shooting people in the face with rubber bullets. Yeah. Quit fucking gassing people and tear gassing people for no fucking. To anyone who has to state that they 
that what happened was just reprehensible. Yeah. Even though we're far past this being about George Floyd. Yeah. Like, like I, I saw something where, like, in the two weeks since, cops have killed like another twenty some people. Yeah. But, know. but to the people who have to say that they're against what happened, but they can't stand for buildings being burned down. Get over it. Yeah. Get the fuck over it. It's not a person. And for the fact that you you somehow can put it in your mind that you need to make a statement that you're against that. If it's a small business, I guarantee you if that small business puts out their story, the protesters will fucking f- do a fundraiser. Yeah, they'll take care of it. And get the money. Yeah. I promise you that shit will happen. But don't don't come at me with a Target getting looted. I don't yeah. give a fuck about Target and, you getting You know, good looted. on Target, man, to come out. They came like, out and said... People are mad. People are angry. Like, when I'm mad and angry, I don't always know where to put that shit. Yeah. And, like, I'm, like, mad and angry over white guy stuff. <laughs> right. Like, I just can't imagine, like, being a person of color and just, like, constantly seeing this. Constantly. All right, well, I think we solved a lot of issues here. <laughs> yep, I'm getting a cape, and uh, I probably shouldn't drink so much. And we're making a Four Horsemen t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, so make sure whatever you're listening, wherever you're listening to this on uh, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Stitcher. Stitcher. Uh, I forget what Tim uses. Uh, Breaker. I don't know. His like ears. That. His Tim ears. listens yeah. on his ears. Whatever you're listening on, please, uh, if there's a like a share, a subscribe, a rate, any of that. Please yeah. do whatever you can. Uh, spread the word about this podcast. I haven't made a shirt in a while, so if you want a shirt, message us. Yeah, Joel uh, hand makes the shirts. Yeah, Aaron Whited posted about his shirt that he yeah. wears. Of course, like uh, Dustin and Nikki. And, uh, yeah, you'll get a custom shirt. Everybody. The um, third guy. <laughs> each one is filled with Joel's love. <laughs> oh, no. So get your use as a cape. Get your Joel filled <laughs> shirt. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Be nice. Just be a fucking yeah human being, man. Just be be good to each other. Put Isn't yourself what, put yourself in someone else's place and just think about what life is like for them. Isn't it? Wasn't it the uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure that yeah. said just be good to each other? It was something like that. Or am I misquote? Was that or was that Abraham Lincoln? Be uh, I I, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think the quiet, the exact quote was be be excellent. I think be excellent yeah. to each other. Yeah, <laughs> for Bill, I'm Ted. I'll see you later. <laughs>